Feedback showed TRT clinics in the UK are massively upcharging on medication and delivery whilst providing poor client support. Founder of the Mojo Clinic, Sam Cook, has revolutionized the TRT industry in the UK. Finally, a service where you, the patient, are at the forefront. The Mojo Clinic is transparent with all costs, ensures patient access medications at normal pharmacy prices, at the pharmacy they choose, building a community experience with quality support throughout your journey. Check out the Mojo Clinic today to experience the best TRT in the UK, www.themojoclinic.com, or call 012-256-3400. This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community, host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is a Facebook group, the largest uh, TRT-related support group, facebook.com slash group slash TRT Community. Uh, it's 26, 27,000 men and women in there bouncing uh, testosterone-related ideas off of each other. Check us out at testosteronepodcast.com if you're looking for a doctor, if you're looking for additional information about TRT check that out there or you can go straight to the source you can check out matrix at matrixhormones.com they are a fan favorite uh, clinic they treat um, our members and listeners at a discount for around 75 to 90 dollars a month right now they're doing a special uh, an additional 50 dollars off any hormone program through the end of april use uh, promo code trt april you can use that in conjunction with checking the uh, box for all things testosterone that you heard about them here and you'll get the double discount we're going to be starting the All Things Testosterone Body Composition Challenge this uh, summer within the next couple of weeks. So if you're interested in details on that, text TRT to 66866 to get the announcement when we officially kick that off. Today, I'm chatting with uh, Sean Fitzgerald. Sean is the head specialist at Matrix Hormones. He uh, started studying anatomy and physiology at 17 years of age, competed in his first bodybuilding competition at 19. He's worked in the natural health industry for over 15 years, managing health food stores and working for large supplement companies like Renew Life Formulas and 5% Nutrition. Today, we're going to be talking about TRT. Uh, I've got uh, some questions with him about needle size, uh, semaglutide, um, nutrition, uh, BMR, uh, base metabolic rate and changes on TRT, um, things that Matrix does right, blood pressure on TRT, and general peptide discussions. So um, I mentioned semaglutide. Uh, Matrix, if you're interested in what you hear today here, uh, Matrix can get you the semaglutide. Um, give them a call. I've actually got some on my on the way for me. It's supposed to be like the next thing in uh, weight loss and body composition. So check out the uh, info that Sean has today. What's up, buddy? Uh, hey, Brandon. How's it going? Good. Nice to officially meet you. We've chatted uh, messages back and forth, but we've never actually spoken. So thanks yeah. for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. So you say you're the head specialist over at Matrix. How long have you been over there? Uh, about a year and a half going on. Um, and yeah, I just have a, a kind of extensive background. Um, I also went to college for physical therapy, okay. so I have you know pretty well uh, background in human body and have been studying a lot of hormones. So. Yeah. So, what's a day in the life of Sean look like over at Matrix? What are you doing over there? Uh, usually, first thing, well, um, I I run about ten patients a day on average, um, doing consultations. So it's usually pretty busy, you know, the moment I walk in. Yeah. Uh, 
So first of all, I start preparing, uh, looking over paperwork for my first uh, uh, client for the day. Um, you know, if it's a follow-up, going over the review notes, like whatever the notes that I had for the last appointment and uh, checking to see how they're doing. Uh, and if it's somebody new, then I review their intake notes, um, see what their history is like, and then when, ask, then when I get them on the phone, ask them questions about what their symptoms are, how, they, how long they've been suffering for, what type of treatment that they've gotten, if any, before if it's the first time they've had their testosterone that was checked, you know, so yeah. kind of gets six out of the way. Yeah. So you said uh, 10 a day. How long are, on average, are those consults lasting? Um, it's follow-ups. Sometimes they can just be like 15 minutes long and sometimes they can be an hour. Um, so it just depends on, you know, how much help the person needs, how many questions they have or concerns to go over. Um, usually with the follow-ups, it's, they've already started on treatment. So usually it's just going over whatever recent blood work that they have, uh, see how they're progressing, how they're doing, how they're feeling, going over the blood work with them. Um, if there's anything to be concerned about, um, you know, health-wise, uh, any of the blood markers, uh, that might signify something else going on besides just, you know, uh, testosterone hormones. Yeah. So we try to address the person as a whole and treat the, all the their, their health as one rather than just throwing them on testosterone or treating hormones. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, when I chat with Ken, I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever had a conversation that's lasted less than an hour. I mean, we, yeah. he is thorough, and we're talking for at least an hour, if not a little over, every time I have an appointment. Yeah, yeah. and I know Ken likes to talk, and <laughs> he's pretty detailed, and I'm pretty detailed too, but I'm, uh, I think I might be more direct to the point, yeah. um, taking care of you know the business aspect of it and uh, get right to the meat and potatoes. You know, uh, I might chit-chat a little bit here and there, and sometimes you know with some guys we off topic rambling about different things and going on but uh the most part i just try to keep it simple um i know that we have busy lives so i just try to uh, address whatever needs to be and then kind of go from there yeah Uh, so yeah it also depends on the extent of the blood work and you know uh, any other health problems that someone's having uh sometimes i have to go into depth of explanation of how and why you know they have certain symptoms um what they're suffering from and, uh, you know, give them a little bit of education and background so they get a better understanding of what's going on with their own health. Yeah. It's um, one thing that I try to do is really, which I'm sure Ken does as well, is explain to people how and why that they feel the way they do. Um, so they get a better understanding of why we treat them the way we do. So when you're chatting with patients and clients and you're getting off topic, you are ripped is it usually like a peptide <laughs> diet, nutrition, workout kind of ramble, or what are y'all what are y'all getting off topic? On? Um, usually stuff that's off topic. Uh, well, I mean, some, <laughs> occasionally we get into like politics, depending on who it is. <laughs> but um, you know, but uh, otherwise, sometimes it's just things that go on in life. Um, you know, or sometimes I, I talk about myself because I use myself as an example a lot um, when I'm helping people out because I've been there. Um, I've gone through a lot of health conditions and problems myself, and that's part of um, why I research so much is the intent is not only to help myself, but in the process of being able to learn and understand the human body to improve my own health, I can pass that knowledge on to other people and help them as well yeah. that also struggle from the same things. 
So as I get older, I'm more into anti-aging and health than I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think all of us should when we're, you know, early to mid twenties, we're just, you know, trying to make the best of life you yeah. know, and take it as it comes, but uh, getting older, I'm in my forties now. And uh, so my health is becoming uh, more important to me and a priority uh, and getting regular blood work. I get blood work done like every three months, um, you know, to, because I've had some uh, health markers that I've been working on myself, um, you know, just to try to improve my overall health. Yeah. Uh, last year I found out that uh, I was vitamin D deficient, um, not severely, but, but under uh, range. Um, so it's taken me about six months to get that up to par. And then I just have a hard time absorbing vitamin D apparently. Mm-hmm. And then also um, I was nearly anemic um, with very low ferritin and iron, but my hematocrit was very high. Um, so I had to address that. And so through the research and, you know, using myself as an example, I'm trying to improve those things. Now I can pass that on to help other people with the yeah. same issue. How'd you get the vitamin D absorption going? Just loading the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I think my vitamin D levels started off at around 27. When I first had them tested, I did uh, a couple of months of once weekly injections of 50,000 units and they only went up to, I think, about 34 after that. So uh, then I went to uh, taking pills, about 10,000 I used a day, got tested. It only went up a couple of points within a few months. So since then, I actually went through a round of taking 50,000 units of vitamin D a day wow. uh, for a month and a half. <laughs> and then my uh, vitamin D levels finally jumped uh, like uh, 15, almost 20 points. So now I'm up to like in the low 60s on my range. Wow. So I'm trying to get up to like over 80, yeah. you know, closer to 90. So I'm doing another round of about a month and a half or two months worth of uh, mega dosing vitamin D. So I probably just have one of those uh, polymorphisms where my body just has a hard time absorbing vitamin D. Yeah. You know, so I've it, seen blood tests on people where they take 5,000 units a day and they jump 20 points in three months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I don't absorb it. And I've, I'm chronically low and always have been and I've never found a way to uh, to get those numbers up. When you, you you need to take that, if you're taking the capsule, you take it with a fa- after a fatty meal, right? Yeah. So, yeah, typically my breakfast, I have eggs almost every morning. Um, and my cholesterol levels, uh, the highest my cholesterol has ever been was like 140. <laughs> um, so I eat eggs almost every day. So I take it with that first thing in the morning. Um, when you, and ironically, oh, when you do, the, when you do the injection, do you also have to take it near a fatty meal or is it a different? Oh no, it, it's yeah, it's in a oil base already. So it's almost like it's a saturated injection. It just okay. gets um, but the, the first, I, I tell this story a lot too, people that are taking vitamin D, the very first time I took the injectable vitamin D, um, you know, I saw on the label, it's 50,000 units uh, per injection. I didn't actually read the fine print in that it was a half a milliliter, half a cc was 50,000. <laughs> so I took a whole cc or a whole milliliter at once. And within a few hours, I had crazy energy. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. Like it was just a natural high of energy that I had. I felt so good, clear headed, great energy, felt was in a good mood. And, um, then that night I had a hard time falling asleep. (laughs) 
I actually, like, it's almost like two o'clock in the morning. And I'm still like, oh my God, like I'm done asleep. I'm really tired. And the alarm's going to go off. I'm going to be exhausted. So I did eventually fall asleep and the alarm went off. I woke up. I'm like, damn, I actually still feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it lasted a couple of days for that energy high. And then, uh, you know, going back and looking at the label, you know, like the, realizing that I doubled up on it. So I took a hundred thousand and went shot. Is there, is there a downside to that? I mean, is there an overdose or a crash? Um, it's, yeah, there was no crash from it whatsoever, but it's really hard to overdose on vitamin D. Um, like there's really very little toxicology associated with it. Most people, if they take too much vitamin D, will have symptoms of calcium overload as a result. And um, so to prevent that from occurring or, you know, at risk for having uh, calcium buildup in the arteries is taking vitamin K. So there's several forms of vitamin K, but vitamin K helps transport the calcium out of your blood and into the bones and other organs where it's needed. Okay. That's that over. So before we get too deep into this discussion, I have to talk to you about semaglutide. Is that how you say it? I know there's a couple of different ways. Um, yeah, I say semaglutide or okay. however. So I don't so, know if there's an actual proper way to pronounce it. So, so Ken introduced me to this, and I've got some on the way. Um, but he's talking like it's a revolution, the next big thing. I mean, is is this stuff really that good? Um, well, the the ironic thing is that it was originally developed for controlling type two diabetes. Um, so it actually helps stimulate the beta cells of the pancreas to produce more insulin therefore uh, helping control blood sugar levels more effectively and efficiently. It also works by reducing um, glucagon release from the liver, uh, preventing basically your liver from releasing stored carbohydrates in the bloodstream. So it tends to keep your blood sugar levels a little bit lower and more controlled or sustained. So the uniqueness of the, the product that we carry as an injectable is a once-weekly injection. So it lasts for seven days, which is very unique. Um, there's some other medication that I'm aware of that, that legitimately lasts that long. Um, but based on the research, uh, when they were doing it for diabetics was that they started losing, uh, 14% of their body weight. Um, you know, some of them, so in the process and, uh, one of the things that it helps, it, it actually mimics a hormone that's producing your stomach that makes you feel full. So it actually helps curb appetite and actually slows down motility of food in your, in your digestive system. So it curbs appetite in, uh, through that pathway, uh, plus helping control blood sugar levels to keep them more stable because when you have a roller coaster ride of your blood sugar, you're storing fat and then you might burn some and then store. So when it's irregular, you're never really tapping into your body fat stores as a steady energy state because anyway, I think it's about 60 or 70% of our energy at rest is supposed to come from fat. Um, you know, in steady state. So we have these constant like roller coaster rides and um, we go through storing, you know, calories as, as the fat cells or uh, we can burn it if it's a lot more level. So it's not more steady. So it's pretty good stuff then? Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, some of the side effects because again, it, it works in the stomach. can be nausea. Worst case, can be vomiting or constipation. But the worst side effects we're seeing more in an oral form I think because it goes through the digestive system, you're swallowing the pill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we carry the injectable version. So it re- reduces those side effects. Cool. I mean, some people will still feel a little bit nauseous, but that's why 
um, our protocol is start off at a lower dose and then you work your way up as you start to build a little bit of a tolerance to it. Okay. Yeah. When, when, uh, I realized I got the, the UPS or the FedEx tracking, you know, it's on the way. I'll actually think I'll have it tomorrow. <laughs> I just kind of popped into my head. We need to have a TRT community summer body recomposition challenge or something, you know, and I'm jumping on the semaglutide and, and we're going to start that up within the next couple of weeks. We're going to have, I don't know. I've probably got, I've said one thing about it. We've got like 20 guys interested. So hopefully we'll have oh, a awesome. hundred guys or so that are doing this and, if they want to win, they better jump on the semaglutide because I'm going to be taking it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I would recommend to stack with it would be L-carnitine. Okay. Um, L-carnitine, I've had guys been using it since last year um, before this came out or was available that have had miraculous results. Um, so L-carnitine helps transport fatty acids into the mitochondria of muscle cells to be used as energy. The, uh, the bonus side of it is that it can help increase well, recent research shows that it can increase um, androgen receptor sensitivity uh, for testosterone. So it can actually make your testosterone work better. Oh, wow. So, okay. um, then in itself uh, has uh, other uh, health properties and qualities, reducing risk of heart disease, um, improving blood flow. Um, it can cross the blood brain barrier. Some people say that it helps increase mental focus and acuity and that kind of stuff. So Where do you have better energy. It? Where do you get it and how much does it cost and how much do I take? Um, it, well, we carry it. If it comes from Power Pharmacy, it's 500 milligrams per milliliter for an injection. Um, and uh, it, you can take it almost daily. Um, it has a half-life of, it ranges based on research that I looked up of anywhere between three to 17 hours. So it's, wow. uh, you know, it, it, I think it just depends on who they tested it on and so forth. And I think they look for metabolites in the urine. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the different levels of the metabolites were ex- excreted. So it's kind of unknown, but some people feel like it lasts almost all day. Uh, but I would say recommended to take it uh, as an injection uh, anywhere between 30 to 60 minutes prior to exercise, because then it's just going to help uh, mobilize uh, that body, that fat, you know, to be used as energy. Okay. So combination will work really well. Very cool. I might have to send Ashley an email. Send me some of that too. (laughs) So uh, guys in the TRT community tend to spend a lot of time thinking about what size needle to use. Is there, is there a magic average size uh, length and gauge that is going to do much better than any other when we're talking about like maybe a delta injection or a sub Q injection, or are we just thinking about it too much? I feel like it comes up five times a day. I think it's definitely overthought. Um, it, I mean, what I, cause I do get asked this sometimes as far as like, should someone do subcutaneous or intramuscular? Um, if they should use like a one inch, uh, two inch, you know, in, in the syringe. And I'm like, you know, just as long as you get it inside your body, it's not leaking out Yeah, and you're going to absorb it. <laughs> so that's don't, really important. don't say that leaking out thing though, because they'll get the <laughs> tiniest little drop and it's somebody's posting this, this, leaked out of me do i need to do another injection i mean some of that's normal right like a little bit maybe well yeah sometimes some will come out maybe a little bit of blood or whatnot and i think that sometimes if you put it intramuscular if that muscle is kind of tight then it may force a little bit out um i prefer actually doing the injection on the side of the thigh because i can use two hands 
And a technique that I learned actually for doing injection is with one hand, if you actually like pull the skin to the side, then do the injection. And then when you pull the syringe out, let go of the skin, your skin cells, almost like bricks, they roll over each other. And so when you let go of your skin, then they roll back and close the hole from the cerebral needle. So that way you prevent anything from leaking out. Makes a lot of sense. There was was one guy that posted at one point, maybe within the last year, um, his needle broke off inside of his leg. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was a post in the morning and then an update in the afternoon and in the evening and he was freaking out, you know, and his wife was trying to get him to go to the the emergency room and he couldn't find the needle in his skin, but he knew it was in there. And uh, long story short, he had one of those auto retracting syringes and there was no needle, (laughs) no needle breakage, no needle in his skin. It just retracted up into the syringe No way! (laughs) and he freaked out all day long over it. (laughs) Where did he even find one of those? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He probably paid quite a bit for him too. Oh my goodness. But that I can imagine being scary. I actually did have that uh, happen to a friend of mine where he had uh, like a, a cyst forming his glute and didn't know what it was. It was just like, they thought it was just a regular infection from an injection, put him in antibiotics, ended up going to the hospital and draining it. And uh, then it came back. And after doing that a couple of times, finally the surgeon's like, you know, the doctor's like, okay, we're going to go in there and find out what's going on. <laughs> and actually found the tip of a needle, not the whole needle, just a little tip wow. that was still buried in in, in his glute um, that uh, just kept getting infected. At least they found and, it. I'm surprised uh, so, they were able to find it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I can't imagine that happening. And, and of course, you know, just a lot of times you just pull out the syringe and cap it and throw it away. Not really looking or thinking. Yeah. And so ever since then, I've always been you know, looking at it to make sure I don't break anything off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I've... Uh, have you ever been recapping it after you've used it and somehow you've bent the needle a little and it comes out the side of the, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. That drives me. Yeah, I've, I've done that like stuck myself three before. times in the last three months. I hate it. I've got a big fear of needles. So, you know, it's weird because I'm doing injections all the time, but I, I'm not a needle guy. Yeah. So anecdotally, I feel like there's a lot of guys, myself included, that would argue somehow, some way, being on TRT makes it easier to lose weight, uh, lose fat. Um, you can eat more and, and still lose weight. Does it actually change our metabolic rate or is there another reason or are we crazy? No, no. Actually, there are studies that show that even in sedentary individuals, in fact, they even printed out some information that they've done studies on um, uh, patients with sarcopenia, um, which is basically a muscle-wasting disease of just lack of activity. So literally people that were bedridden, um, men, oh, and then they even did a study on opiate addiction and people that had low testosterone from opiate overuse or, or drug abuse, um, but, uh, but literally doing nothing that they actually increased their lean body mass and in the process, changes their metabolism, so they're actually burning more calories and decrease fat mass at the same time. And that's just being bedridden, yeah. you know, yeah. for muscle-wasting muscle diseases almost. Does it just so, allow your body to fire on all cylinders in a way that it wouldn't with deficient numbers? Um, it's not necessarily, I would say, firing on all cylinders because it's not affecting, you know, enhancing the entire body. Uh, but, um, you know, it does affect a lot of 
different organs in the body. And it just so happens that um, it's anabolic toward uh, muscle tissue, you know, specifically. And if someone has a very low muscle mass for the body, so, um, you know, one of the things that we have is this set point theory on, you know, our, our body weight. And so the body gets comfortable with a certain range of weight that it likes to maintain or sustain. And um, so if you become unhealthy or change that, then the body wants to kind of revert back to that. So that's kind of why, um, you know, people end up yo-yo dieting is they'll lose a whole bunch of weight and then they, they gain it back real fast if they come off their diet, you know, the thing. So I think that uh, testosterone itself just, it's more, it's a, it, it, technically it's an anti-aging hormone. The way I look at it is it makes us more youthful brings our testosterone levels up to when we're in our twenties again, and just makes life, uh, improves quality of life, makes our life more enjoyable. Um, and, uh, just improving everything to help yeah. me feel, uh, more energy, more stamina, endurance, more motivation, drive. So it also has a, a effect on our brain chemistry. Okay. Uh, so it, um, uh, Andrew Huberman, um, I watch him a lot. Basically, what it is uh, that he says is testosterone makes effort feel good. <laughs> like it makes us uh, want to go out and conquer something or makes us motivated and we feel good doing it. Yeah. We want. Okay. So, so should, should it change or should we change our nutrition if we're on TRT or is it just, you know, eat whatever you're eating before? I mean, is there a. Well, I, I definitely recommend it. It depends on the lifestyle someone already has, you know, because a lot of times I would say that guys that come to us have already attempted to make lifestyle changes to improve their health, you know, or, or increase their testosterone levels. Um, so, you know, a lot of times they've already been trying to exercise, eat better, drink less, you know, um, to improve their health to see if it improves um, the way they feel. And sometimes it can make somewhat of a difference, but it's just not enough, yeah. you know? Um, but one of the other unique things about testosterone is again, it makes effort feel good. It makes us, gives us more motivation, more drive. So uh, it can make us more motivated to want to take control of our health. Here's the other thing as men, we always want a return on our investment. Right. So we're investing money into taking care of ourselves to begin with. So then we want to maximize that return uh, and do whatever we can to enhance the benefits that we want to get out of it. So, you know, the way we rationalize things um, is also going to play an influence on, uh, you know, what our lifestyle is when we start tears. So, you know, a lot of guys, of course, uh, that, you know, weren't taking care of themselves before. Now, all of a sudden, they have motivation and incentive. So one, it's an investment. And then two, it's the fact that they actually feel motivated to want to make a change now as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of times that they didn't have the energy or endurance to go to the gym when they got off work. You know, as soon as they get home from work, they just plop on the couch and, you know, grow roots and and, uh, they don't want to move. But now if they have the stamina, the energy and the motivation now, they're like, wow, I actually have enough energy to go to the gym now and work out. So, you know, I think there's, it's multifaceted in how, a lot of I've seen a lot of transformations and hear a lot of uh, changes that have occurred in people's lives. I had a, a guy that uh, was in his mid fifties, um, you know, just kind of coasting through life, 
you know, um, had an office job, you know, important job, wear a suit and tie. And, um, you know, he, he would go to the gym and stuff, but just was like, you know, basically living a mediocre life, mm-hmm. you know, just didn't have any motivation and drive. After two months of treatment being on testosterone, it was literally life-changing for him. He had the motivation and energy to start being more active, start being uh, more athletic, more physically active. He actually started riding a bike to the gym when he got home. <laughs> so he was riding a bike like five miles every day to and from the gym. He worked out. Um, and then he also decided to run a marathon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So he was just like, so motivated, so driven all of a sudden to take on the life that he had been missing out on. He wanted to do everything all at once. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was really a fantastic story to hear about on how much it improved his quality of life to the point where even his best friend says, man, I don't even recognize you anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was just became such a go-getter, whereas before he was just an average Joe Schmo that just, again, like coasting through, you know, really not doing much or accomplishing much in life. Yeah. You know, the expectations go to a nine to five job and work and, you know, do little things, you know, a little bit of cardio, a little bit of workout, you know, stuff like that. And now all of a sudden he's you know, like carpe diem, you know, <laughs> literally every day. How do you do in the marathon? Uh, I know he finished it. I don't, I forgot he, uh, what he told me that he placed in for his age bracket, yeah. but he was just excited to do it. Yeah. You know, he didn't even care. It was just a great accomplishment for him for the first time in his life to ever do something like that. It's very cool. Yeah. So what about negative effects? Uh, does it have effects on blood pressure at all? Um, it can. Um, so there's different ways that it can affect blood pressure. Um, one well-known is that if it increases hematocrit, um, the hematocrit is your blood viscosity. So as your blood gets thicker, it gets harder in your heart to pump. So your heart has to pump harder to push or force the blood through the body. Um, you know, that's always my concern is when I see someone's hematocrit elevated is one of my first questions, how's your blood pressure? Because to like high blood pressure, chronically high blood pressure is more damaging to the body than anything else. So that's always my main concern is, okay, is there a blood pressure issue? Because we really need to address that right away. We don't want that to go on for very long. You know, temporary blood pressure is not going to kill you because we have stress. um, We exercise. I mean, there's been recorded blood pressures of over 200 and 150 when someone's exercising, you know pushing weight, you know, squatting, benching, whatever the case is. Um, and they're still alive. So it's not going to give cause an aneurysm, a stroke or heart attack, Yeah, but it's the chronic because, uh, after exercise we relax. So it's the chronic elevated blood pressure is what starts causing weaknesses in um, other organs and tissues of the body, especially, uh, the, the heart wall, the muscle itself and then the kidneys. Yeah. You know, those are my concerns. So, and the hematocrit is something we can manage, right? I mean, whether it be diet, exercise, phlebotomy, it's something that you don't have to yeah. have the. Yeah. So I always try to manage that. Um, so based on research and uh, working with patients, that I do find it's usually associated with some type of nutrient deficiency in some vitamin or mineral. Um, and actually, I would say 90% of the time in men that I test, their iron or ferritin levels are very low in response to having high hematocrit huh. um, and treating the low iron and increasing their ferritin actually brings down their hematocrit levels uh, because I'm finding, and I experimented with myself first as an example, uh, because again, last year I had the high hematocrit, low ferritin that building it up. Uh, my uh, hematocrit previously was at 56%. Huh. 
And, um, you know, I wasn't symptomatic, but it was high. And I knew that it could lead to issues. Uh, But then finding out that uh, my iron was low. So treating that actually brought down my hematocrit. So now my hematocrit is usually 48, 49% um, and easily manageable. Um, So again, bringing that up to par. So it increases the quality of red blood cells. So as the quality improves, your body doesn't have to make so much quantity. Um, so, but then other causes of high blood pressure can be high estrogen conversion because it increases sodium retention. Um, and that's easy to address too. If, if, if that's an issue, we can use supplementation or we can use medication to help reduce the conversion. Uh, and then also aldosterone is a hormone that tells the kidneys to reabsorb water. Um, so aldosterone kind of like testosterone is, uh, an androgen. So testosterone can actually stimulate the production of aldosterone. And usually that's real simple to combat with a diuretic called aldactone or spirulactone, you know, other TONEs and diuretics that tend to reduce aldosterone. What do you think that Matrix does so right? We love them. Everyone that listens to this podcast, it seems like treats with you guys, everyone in the Facebook group. What are, and you've been in the industry for a while. So what is it that Matrix is doing right? Um, I feel that we treat every patient as an individual. Um, we specifically go over the blood work with them very thoroughly and, and it's everything's tailored to them. You know, it's there. We treat one of the things I always say is we treat people, not paperwork. Yeah. You know, we're chasing quality of life, not numbers. So at the end of the day, I don't really care what some of these numbers are on their testosterone. As long as their quality of life is improved and they're healthy. You know, that's our concern is that healthcare provider, your health is number one, and then we want to improve on the quality of life. So we got to balance those two out uh, to make sure that um, we're not harming our patients at the same time. So, uh, you know, every person is treated differently. Every case is different. And that's one thing that I love about, you know, working at Matrix is it's never the same day twice. You know, different people different problems, different issues. Again, a lot of the symptoms are going to be very common, you know, low energy, uh, lack of sleep, lack of motivation, low libido or erectile dysfunction. And so those are all going to, you know, those are the common symptoms and the reason why most guys come to us. But, um, you know, each person is different. Biochemically, we're different. You know, like today, for example, I got one patient that um, I had him up to 300 milligrams of testosterone a week just to break 900 on his testosterone levels. Yeah. And then I got other guys that got, you know, they take more than hundred milligrams a week and they're at 12, 1400. Yeah. It's crazy. Know? Yeah. I'm a so, 300 a week to get to the seven, seven fifty range myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 And so, last, yes. most recently 300 a week and my trough was like in the five fifty range. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Now this guy had to push him up actually almost to three fifty just to break a thousand and he feels so much better. Yeah. And what the crazy thing is all his numbers actually improved. His cholesterol went down. Um, his blood values, blood markers improved. His somatocrit was still 47%. Um, and liver values actually decreased as well. Wow. So I find that sometimes even pushing testosterone levels higher can improve someone's health. Yeah. Their blood markers get better. You know, it's like they're reversing the aging process. Don't literally. you know, Sean, that anything over 200 milligrams a week is super physiologic and you should stay away from that? Well, it, it's, it's very debatable. But this <laughs> thing is, 
that I have to explain to people too is milligram does not equal nanograms per deciliter. Yeah, <laughs> so, there's a big difference. Yep. You know, and uh, we all because our body chemistry is different, we metabolize at different rates. So you're just a fast metabolizer. Your body breaks down that testosterone so quick, then you just can't achieve high levels. You need a, a higher dose to try to accomplish that. Or there's other guys that are slow metabolizers. Like I said, I got some that are 100 milligrams a week, and their levels are 1,300. You know, and they're soaring. You know, they feel great. Yeah. Like a guy's like at 300 milligrams a week are struggling just to break you know 900. Yeah. You know, on their nanograms per deciliter. So. Um, you know, again, I treat, we treat numbers, not, not, I mean, we treat people, not numbers. Cause this guy, you know, I had to get him up to a break over 1200 before he really felt a big difference. Yeah. You know, in his case, he just had a baby, which, you know, of course, you know, an infant, you know, having to get up in the middle of the night. So he's struggling through lack of, cause he had noticeable improvement once we got his testosterone levels over 800, but still, you know, lack some of the energy, you know, because he just wasn't getting enough sleep. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, let's push it up a little bit more, see what we can get, you know, hopefully around 1,100, 1,200. He actually came back at 13, and he said, man, it's just made, you know, a night and day difference. What's you know, the highest it, therapeutic dose you've ever had someone on? Uh, I think there? 350 is about yeah. the max that, uh, that I've had someone on. I have a friend that um, at 300 a week, his testosterone level is only 500. <laughs> so I told him, I said, dude, you need like 400, but he's a power lifter too. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, some people just genetically, they're either fast metabolizers, but I do find also people that have physical labor jobs when they're very physically active, um, seem to actually burn up more testosterone than other people that are just sedentary, you know, if they're just sitting in an office all day. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a plenty of guys that are, you know, working construction or linemen. I got a guy that works on an oil rig, you know, so for two, three weeks, it's on an oil rig and they're working, you know, 18 hours a day sometimes. So, um, you know, it's very physical and they need higher, higher doses of testosterone. I mean, not everybody, but I would say the majority, uh, the more physically demanding their day is, the, the more testosterone they need to keep up with. Yep. You've seen the guys in the Facebook groups though, right? Or in the forums too, or, you know, anything over 200, bro, that's not TRT. That's a cycle. It's like, look, yeah. look at my labs, you know? Yeah. I'm, and that's just it is they're only looking at the, basically a lot of people will throw in their two cents based on their experience. Yeah. And I try to explain to people all the time, what works for you doesn't mean it works for everybody. We all wear the same. We all wear different shoe sizes. We don't wear the same. Yeah. So our body chemistry is different. You know, we have different learning styles. So people actually learn uh, many different ways of retaining information. I actually took a class on this, on how our brains learn information. And there's actually tests you can take to actually determine which method of learning works best for you and how your brain retains information. Um, So, you know, we all, we're, we're different. And I think that's what we do best at Matrix is treating people as an individual, mm-hmm. nothing is cookie cutter, you know, uh, generally, yeah, we might start some people off at the same dose to see how they react. And after eight weeks, you know, following up with their testing and, uh, labs and see how they feel, then we make it more personal to them, tailored to them, yeah. you know, because then we can find out, okay, so here's what we started with, here's where we are now. So here's the adjustments we need to make to get you where you need to be, you know? So, um, so it gets more personal after that. Um, but you know, typically it's testosterone and 
Uh, a lot of guys will start off with ACG and those that opt out, uh, you know, they can add it in at any time. Um, it's not mandatory. You know, it's not like you get, you know, I've heard of some clinics that, you know, people are ending up paying for gonadotropin or HCG and a Rimidex or a Nastrozole. They're forced on it. They're paying monthly and not even using it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're throwing it away because they don't even need it. <clears throat> so, you know, with Matrix, everything, it, you, you don't have to have a package bundle. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get everything a la carte. Yep. You know, and, uh, it's very personal that way. We have other options for aromatase inhibitors um, and different medications um, to help address whatever issues that somebody has. You know, and sometimes we do call in prescriptions for, uh, you know, generics, to, uh, Cialis, Tadatafil, Viagra, um, you know, and sometimes other medications. Someone has prostatitis, we could send them, you know, a prescription for antibiotics or. Uh, metformin is very common. I had one poor guy um, whose glucose levels were, I think, three or 400, his fasting glucose. And I told him, I said, you diabetic? Because this is like dangerously high. Like, did you eat right before taking the test? And he said he's diabetic, but his doctor can't see him until June. Wow. You know, and, and so his doctor wouldn't renew his medication for metformin for two to three months until he saw him. And I told him, I said, look, that's ridiculous. I said, we'll take care of that. So I had a prescription called in from right away. Because yeah. I said, that's dangerous. I said, yeah. you can literally go blind from your blood sugar getting too hot. I said, you know, I'm not going to let that happen. So got him prescription metformin that day. And, you know, I followed up with him in a couple of months. But, you know, I'm sure that made a difference for him. So he didn't have to wait, you know, for his doctor just for an office visit. Mm-hmm. Because to me, um, that's malpractice. Yeah, definitely. If you're forcing someone to wait, two or three months to refill their medication that they need that can literally save their life. You know, to me, that's a big deal. You know what you're doing right now, though, when people listen to this, they're going to call you and they're going to try to, to Skype with you here, check my throat. I, I think I've got tonsillitis and see if, <laughs> see if Sean can prescribe something for him. Well, you know, what are you going to get out of antibiotics? <laughs> so it's not painkillers. Yeah. We don't do that. So no, no, you know, no antidepressants, no anti-anxiety, none of that stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, we'll get people if ask if we can fill a prescription for them that may be an anti-anxiety or antidepressant or pain medication. I'm like, no, you need to go to your regular doctor. Yeah. Your treating doctor for that because, you know, I'm not going to, you know, prescribe that. It's like, you know, I don't know what your previous, uh, you know, experience has been with like or what your medic- medication prior to was if you even really need it. Yeah. You know, but otherwise, little stuff like that, you know, metformin is pretty harmless. Um, a lot of clinics use it as anti aging anyway, just a low dose. You know, in that case, this guy needed it. So I was like, I'm not going to make yeah. him wait, you know, because like I said, he could have. Uh, complicated health issues. And like I said, one of the worst things is literally going blind mm-hmm. from blood sugar being too high. Um, well, I can't say that's the worst thing uh, from that, but, you know, it just, it builds up over time, sure. you know, and diabetic neuropathy and poor circulation to the legs or this, uh, the, you know, uh, tissue death actually starts occurring. I had that happen to an uncle, lost both his legs to diabetes. Wow. So, you know, I don't want that to happen to anyone else. Yeah. You know, so if I see something like that, I'm not going to sit out and wait on it for, you know, someone else to take care of it. I'm just always one of those people that if I see a job that needs to be done, I'm going to get it done. And I think that's a testament to exactly what you're saying. And it's the same answer that I give people whenever they ask what's so great about Matrix. Ken spends an hour on the phone with me. 
he goes over everything and he may it may be out of his scope and he's going to say hey why don't you find a sleepologist and get that CPAP you know adjusted mm-hmm. or what and he, you, you guys just give a shit you know you spend a lot of time you probably spend a lot of time thinking about your patients after you've punched the clock and you're probably lifting at the gym you're probably still thinking about Mr. Marathon and Mr. Metformin <laughs> and, in in ways that and- that most of the clinics, you know, the cookie cutter clinics aren't. They just, you know, here's your 200 milligrams a week. Here's your anastrozole. Send you on your way. But yeah. you can tell that you guys care more than normal. Oh, yeah. I got, you know, my guys still hit me up on Facebook on Messenger, you know, asking, hey, can I get a refill? You know, this is after hours. I, sometimes even at 10, 11 o'clock on Friday or Saturday night, yeah. you know, they're messaging me and I'll be like, yep, yeah, I'll put it through and take care of it because I actually do care. I mean, what other clinic or office are you going to get a hold of somebody, not only after hours, but late at night on a weekend? And even I've yet to see any other clinic post in the TRT community. Yeah. You know, because, you know, Ken and myself actually do a Jennifer's or, you know, customer support. She's freaking amazing. But otherwise, you know, we're reaching out, we're giving free information to help other people. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, helping those. Uh, of our patients that are asking questions, you know, where can I get this or help with something that they didn't know we can help with? Yeah. You know, so Jennifer's on it all the time about that. I just sent her a message two weeks ago after hours. Does she live in Florida or is she somewhere else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's local. Yeah. yeah. So it was probably eight or nine o'clock her time. And uh, I, she messaged me. I said something back and I said, you know, I'm out of testosterone. Well, why haven't you told us? Well, because I missed my lab appointment. My appointment with Ken is next week. I was going to wait, you know, and she's like, no, you don't, don't ever wait. When was your lab appointment? <laughs> well, I was supposed to go in December. I didn't go until March, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but anyway, she took care of me. It was late that night. Yeah, no, she's a freaking workhorse. Sometimes she'll text me at nine or 10 o'clock at night, ask me questions about patients. I'm like, why are you still working? <laughs> I said, go to bed. You got to work tomorrow. <laughs> so, no, she's just uh, unbelievable, you know, and, um, but otherwise, you know, that's the type of care that we give people. And I tell guys all the time this too. I said, look, if, you know, I've had some guys that didn't, you know, refill their medication because they were late getting their labs. They thought they had to refill it before they can have an appointment. I'm like, no, no, no. We're not going to hold your medication hostage because you haven't had an appointment yet. Don't let that happen. I don't want you to feel like crap again. I don't want you to go backwards. Yeah. We'll refill your medication. We'll follow up. We'll adjust it if necessary during the appointment, you know, when we do follow up. But don't wait. You know, we're not like that because I, I apparently that's very common practice oh, yeah. is doctors will literally hold people's medication hostage mm-hmm. for a refill, you know, say, oh, I got to see you before I can refill your medication. Why? They don't even tell you half the time. I've had them do it recently and they didn't even tell me. The pharmacy called me like a week after the fact and said, hey, your doctor declined the prescription. You need to give him a call. Call the doctor. Well, we haven't seen you in six months. Okay, dick, call me and tell me that you're going to delay this, you know, an, an extra oh unnecessary God. week. Yeah. No, and, and that's all it is, is to them. And when you go in and see the doctor, okay, that's money in their pocket because mm-hmm. you got insurance, they're billing your insurance a couple hundred dollars every time you visit. Yep. So to me, when doctors act like that, all they're thinking about is a dollar sign. Yep. And I'm no, not the I, type of patient I, I would have done it. If they would have called me immediately and said, hey, we need an appointment. Great. Get me in there first available. I'll, yeah. Whenever, you know, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I can't stand hearing about doctors that do that because then to me, 
the care is not about the patient. It's about the bank account. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but with us, I tell people, don't, don't wait. You know, if you get low, just give us a call, send an email, send a message. We'll take care of it. Don't, yeah. don't worry about it. You know, it's only those that, um, where I, I have had to cut people off before because, you know, they started treatment and then a year later they haven't had any follow-up blood work and they just keep really renewing their medication. I'm like, look, as a healthcare provider, you need to make sure that we're not harming you with this medication. Yeah. I need blood work. Otherwise I'm not going to refill your medication this next time around. So, you know, because it's been a year, you know, we had, ju- you just started on treatment. We haven't had a follow-up. <laughs> we send you blood work, you know, paperwork to get your labs done three or four times already. And you keep denying it. So now it's time. I got to put my foot down as a health provider yeah. as the, um, you know, for your safety, really, to make sure that you're not putting yourself at harm or we're not harming you with medication. (laughs) So it's a very rare situation. You know, I know life happens, um, you know, scheduling, uh, things happen with people moving, new jobs, new insurance, some of that, you put it off a month or two, that's fine. Not a big deal, but don't wait a year. Yeah, that's a long time. Follow up. Yeah, that's, that is, that's just too long. Yeah. But yeah. We might need to have you uh, judge this summer body recomposition contest too, because <laughs> you're not going to be able to change yours enough to win, right? What's your body fat percentage right now? I haven't even checked it. Oh, whatever. It, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I usually just go by the mirror. I'm not worried about, again, I'm not chasing numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you prepping for a show or anything? Uh, yeah. I plan to do a, a competition in July. Um, July 2nd is the target in Orlando. Um, and that's actually right before my birthday. Are you, are you bashful about this stuff? You don't like to talk about it? No, no, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. Seem a little humble. Oh, I am very humble, you know, because again, I I was, you know, when I was going in school growing up, um, that's part of why I started working out was because I was tired of getting picked on. Yeah. I was a small scrawny kid at school. You know, I was the geek and nerd. I never got in trouble. I did. I always did my homework. Um, I was well-behaved have manners, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I was just a quiet one, but I, you know, cause I literally got stuffed in a locker before for fun because I was small. You yeah. know? So well, now but, you've got uh, the best of both worlds. You put that brain to good use doing the medical side and you're not yeah. small anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I got it. I take a little credit from that for my father because, you know, when I started working out and being really into that, um, one of the things that he made a point is, you know, uh, people get paid more for the brain than they do their brawn. Mm-hmm. You can see all these professional athletes that play, you know, professional sports for five, 10 years, then their body gives out on them and they wind up broke, Yeah, you know, because they don't do anything afterward or they're not smart with their money while they're making it. Yep. Exactly. Very cool. So you're in as a judge then, right? So that's what I'm hearing. You'll judge that. Well, yeah, sure. If you want me to, yeah, I'll go <laughs> ahead and I'll, I'll, you know, help out with that. I don't awesome. mind. You know, and to me, I would be interested in hearing stories, you know, on how, um, you know, testosterone uh, has changed people's lives. Yeah. You know, um, so it's more to me than it's about uh, the quality of life, the improvement in life, rather than just a physical transformation. I would like to know how it's changed their lives rather than just physically. Yeah, me too. And that's, you know, historically what, what we've been more about is the... The anxiety really is my biggest thing. I was debilitating anxiety all the way up until my th- early 30s. And that's like a real 
heart string kind of thing to me. This is the first time I've ever done any sort of, hey, let's get together and show our bodies off because it's always been like, I'm a father, I can actually function, I'm a leader at my day job and the, you know that kind of thing. And I like those mm-hmm. stories too. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people can relate, you know, because all of us were just average people, you know, trying to live a, a better life. You know, not just for ourselves, but for our families. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing I love about what I do, too, is actually getting to hear how it's changed people's lives with their families. Mm -hmm. It increases or changes the dynamic of the home. You know, a lot of people will ask me, well, what's going to happen when I start this? And I'll be like, well, you're probably going to have more energy to interact with your family. You're going to have you're going to feel better, uh, better spirit. You're going to have less depression, less anxiety um, and have more energies because a lot of guys, they get off work they've already given all they got to their job. Yeah. You know, they have nothing left in the tank to interact with their kids or their wives. You know, when they come home, they literally just, like I said, sit down on the couch, turn on the TV and they zone out, yeah. you know, and part of that actually is, um, uh, reading, uh, I attended a seminar by John Gray years ago. John Gray is the author of women are from Mars, men are from Venus. And his updated version actually talks about the hormonal changes that men and women go through as they get older. And uh, finding out that as men age, you know, we have lower testosterone levels. And in research that he was actually participating, you know, part of contributing in research was showing that um, men actually rebuild or rejuvenate their testosterone when they come home from work at the end of the day by watching TV. So it's actually almost in our genes to actually relax after a long, hard day and then be entertained by something. And what if what they what researchers found is typically, you know, when it's exciting, when it's like a you know like a football game or something like that, and this is well documented that testosterone levels go up. Really, in men, yeah, just watching other people win wow. increases our own testosterone because we feel it with them. <laughs> um, so, and then they actually showed that the bigger the TV, the bigger the screen, the greater the testosterone levels. And then adding in surround sound even made it more what? intense. Is this real? I swear to God. So, so, so when these guys are trying to fake their numbers, and they don't really have to do it anymore that much, but five, ten years ago, it was always how do I how do I plummet my levels so that my labs, you know, show that I'm deficient, so that my doctor will pres- prescribe it. We could have told them just go watch a chick flick at a real low volume on a real small TV, and that would have lowered their their numbers. <laughs> I don't know if it would have that same effect, <laughs> but but uh, but I can tell you that you know, and a lot of times people do feel better when they're watching sports. You know that the 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 emotions, the feelings, the hyped up, they get more energy, they're more awake, they're more alive. Yeah, you know, and that'll also apply to different movies and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, it with the ironic thing about that through the differences between men and women is men. That's how we rejuvenate ourselves, our own testosterone. So for on TRT, it really, we don't have to do that anymore. Um, but, uh, it's part of our decompression. It's part of relaxing. So that's just in men. So the way men's and women's brains are wired differently and, um, with women, their decompression is sharing, talking about their day. And so uh, that was part of the, the new version of the book by John Gray was trying to get people to understand or couples to understand that uh, both men and women have uh, emotional needs. And it's a matter of meeting in the middle so that both of them can actually contribute or meet those emotional needs. So men, it just it's a support, allow a man to, you know, watch TV for a little while, for an hour or so 
let him rebuild his testosterone levels. Then he'll have the energy to be able to give his attention to his wife. Now she needs her decompression to share information from her day, share her feelings and, and stuff and doesn't want a guy to fix her. Yeah. But we're, just listen. we're you know, logical. We want to fix. Yeah. It's just listen yeah. and try to understand where she's coming from. And then that rebuilds her and then the builds up her hormones. And so then now the men and women can enjoy the rest of the evening together. So it's a matter of give and take, you know, yeah. just like in a relationship, there has to be a balance. So if one is always giving and the other is just receiving, you know, then it really creates a lot of tension. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know that's why women will be like, you know, why does he come home at the end of the day and just watch TV and not participate? I'm cooking dinner. I'm doing laundry, stuff like that. You know, again, once after an hour or two, he's rejuvenated. Go help her out then. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. give her some attention, you know, <laughs> take some stress off her back. So, and then you'll, you'll create that connection. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm going to have to look into this, uh, large TV, large, you know, I think I need a new surround sound system is what I think we, we can't have, uh, you know, yeah. low team. we'll get the, get the new book. It's, uh, I think it's from, uh, called men, uh, gosh, Venus on ice and Mars on fire or something like that was a new one uh, by John Gray. And he actually talks about that as well as at the time he came out with, he partnered with a supplement company to come out with supplements uh, to help support both uh, men's and women's hormones. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, this is going back probably like 10 years ago. And um, I I don't know if you mentioned him in the book, but, uh, but either way, I do remember that he mentioned, you know, the the study done on on the TVs. So if you get the book, then you can show your wife, look, you know, <laughs> it's in the book. It must be true. Yeah. We need a bigger TV. Research shows. <laughs> so excuse, honey, we need to go 70 inches. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT Community. 